is up, everybody? My name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Gambling Podcast Network. Today is Sunday, May 24th, 2020. I'm here today to talk a little baseball with you today as we inch closer to the regular season. Uh, We're not quite sure when that will happen, but there's a pretty good chance that it will happen sooner rather than later, more than likely in July. We'll talk about that. Uh, along with a couple other topics. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you to head to ecosystemsbusinessconcierge.com or hit the link in these the episode notes or head to my Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at First Report and hit the link. Everything that you need will be right there at your fingertips. Everything we've ever put out, all the way back to our first NFL um, gambling podcast, um, back week one, all the way back last September. I got together um, and, and got it done and have gone all the way through, expanded all the way into college basketball. And the best part about all of our podcasts is they're all educational when it comes to the gambling side of things. We're very transparent. We tell you why we do things and what to look for so that you can find things as well. And we kind of pass that along to you, um, that whole, you know, feed a man for a day if you fish for him, but you know. If you teach them how to fish, you'll feed them for a lifetime. That's what we're here to do for you. Here to help you make money watching sports. That is our goal. Um, And we like to pass it along to you. And Sundays are reserved for baseball. And that's what we're here to talk about today. We got three topics on the table. And the first one is really the main one that's on top of the baseball world. Um, Is we kind of wait for this, I guess, mini CBA or this one-year negotiation the owners have apparently backed down or um, come back to the negotiating table and are going to be receptive to the 50-50 revenue split, which was agreed upon uh, six weeks ago. Um, they made the players very angry by stating they wanted to renegotiate that a couple weeks ago. Um, back to 50-50. Players seem to be okay with that. Um, they've also made a concession to their own, it seems like, certain teams will be able to or certain players will have their salaries deferred to a later time whether that's a later date or um, maybe the back end of a contract something like that that helps certain teams um, weather this storm financially now while no team is going to go bankrupt um, no team is you know going to lose a t- I mean they're going to lose a good amount of money but it, they're going to still be stable and they'll probably make it up here in the next five or six years if they're smart in the way they do business but it is still a bit of a windfall for these uh, organizations and uh, these corporations and now they don't believe me the sympathy that you have for what's going on in the business world um, shouldn't be for these big organizations but they are still being affected so they at least get a bit of um, help in terms of the salary deferment. Um, not quite sure how it goes. I don't know if we'll ever fully get the full story of how or who, definitely the specifics um, of that, but that is something to think about. The deal is expected to happen this week. I do feel a little deja vu saying that. Um, feel like I've said that the last couple weeks, but we are at that point where this kind this is about the last week or two that they really need to get something done um, very quickly because the time is definitely of the essence now. Um, I know the players are itching to get back at it, but they also want to do it on their terms, and that's their right. 
there is still no definitive word on what's going to happen to the minor league season. It's highly doubtful that I think the season's going to go on. Um, I think you will see a lot more players if it is feasible. See more players than usual. Maybe head to the winter ball um, to the Dominican or um, Venezuela down in Latin America to play some winter ball. If it's okay down there. I mean, so many question marks. But um, And then, like I said earlier, I think the Arizona Fall League, if everything goes well in the opening of everything in the States, the Arizona Fall League is going to get a ton more players that um, want that experience that they didn't get, that they missed out on this year. Um, so we'll see how that affects it. But like I said, there are so many things that aren't really definitive, but minor league baseball really haven't heard anything, but you would have to imagine logistically, I think it's hard enough to get the major league season figured out. The minor leagues with all their teams and kind of their weird quirky um, regions and stuff like that, I think it would just be too tall, too much of an ask and it would just be a bit easier um, to cancel it. Now, definitely won't be easier on a lot of teams. I think there are going to be a lot of teams that actually do have to fold. Um, those are kind of the small businesses of uh, sports are the minor league teams. And I think a lot of them are, well, not maybe a lot of them, but a, a good amount of them are going to go by the wayside, unfortunately. Um, the second topic I want to talk to you about is the good news. It is California and New York opening up uh, their training camps for major league teams that pretty much mean just about every state is on the right path to get major league um, sports up and running. This obviously allows the NFL and uh, NCAA football and the fall sports to kind of get rolling in towards their preparations. I think the NFL has been all full steam ahead pretty much from the beginning. They're, they're kind of that power that think um, that they're immune to this and so far they have been everything's gone off without a hitch and their timetable it probably if everything goes as planned I think you will see the NFL start on schedule same with NCAA football especially now with California and, uh, and New York opening up obviously with uh, NCAA football there was a lot of talk with um, the Pac-12 if pretty much you know four or five schools couldn't play what would that do? And they had said, okay, well, maybe we'll have a spring season. That would have been odd, um, difficult. Um, obviously not would have, not a Rose Bowl with a Pac-12 team. Um, that would have been odd. But we're probably not going to get there with California and New York opening up. Uh, the NFL as well. You look at the six teams in California and New York. Those, two, those six teams don't have to look elsewhere to play their home games. So... The, the root of all of this is getting back to sports, but there is obviously caveats. There are going to be... The, the reason I think they're opening up the training camps, this is the trial run. This is to show the powers that be that these organizations are implementing social distancing rules and the protocols and the safety um, social distancing that needs to happen as best of their abilities during these times so that when it is time to get back to playing actual games, they can implement the things they've done in training camp out into the arenas and um, build from there because I think everyone's nightmare is to get going and then someone gets sick or there's, you know, three or four players get sick and the cross trace uh, and the tracing goes pretty much to everyone in the league and they have to shut down again. That would be the end of this season and who knows even next season. So that's everyone's nightmare. 
So when this with this opening up, I think this is a, a soft run. This is a little rough drop play. Try and show, give these teams the opportunities to show that they can adhere to the government protocols. Whether you agree with them or not, the protocols are going to be adhered to by those organizations. So what's going to happen? More than likely, the fans will not be in attendance this calendar year. They definitely won't be to start things. We know that. Um, all the way, I would probably say maybe next baseball season would maybe be the next time that we see um, fans in the stands. Maybe March Madness, if they could somehow get that going. They could have March Madness um, in front of fans as the first sporting event to do that. Who knows? But it's definitely probably not going to happen this year. Uh, this calendar year so those should send off bells in your head folks um, if you're a better because those lines are drastically changed in the football spectrum no sport is the home field advantage more prevalent than football so much so that the NFL pretty much it's, it's just unspoken that the home team gets three points in the betting line that's pretty much gone now that's nullified um, I do think it will be interesting to see the certain protocols for the NFL just because obviously with Major League Baseball, we know they're going to be sequestered. The players will be sequestered to hotels even when they're in their home cities. So even if you're a guy um, who, who owns 17 houses in Los Angeles, it doesn't matter. You still have to stay in this team hotel um, when you're in Los Angeles. And even then, you really can't leave the hotel. You have to have a really good reason to leave the hotel. So that's happening for baseball. Now, September's coming, that's, but that's, what, three months away? A lot of things can happen by then. Um, so maybe the rules could be lifted to where the home team could l live with their household, um, their, their family and their household, their wife and, um, and kids, or, um, you know, not having family reunions every weekend, but you know, the people you live with, you can live at home, you can get home cooked meals, you can sleep in your home bed. If that is the case, I do think there is still an advantage betting wise to be there. I don't think it will be one or, uh, or I don't think it'll be a three, four, uh, three full points, but I think you could see one and a half to two points going that way. Um, and if you don't, then we should definitely take advantage of that. But obviously the home field advantage in terms of fans is gone. Seattle takes a big hit in this situation. Um, obviously, New England, um, their rabid fan base, that takes a big hit. So, be playing behind closed doors, it will still be played, but the lines will be drastically changed with no fans, uh, especially in football. And that is something you have to be aware of, and that's something you have to be ready to take advantage of. Moving on to my third and final topic is really looking kind of ahead. The next story for baseball and that is what is the next stop for Yasiel Puig assuming this deal gets done this week the Universal DH is tied along with that so when that happens all eyes turn to Yasiel Puig and we get to see him pretty much in action and and we get to see his second free agency because there's going to be 10 to 12 teams that all kind of want a piece of him um, all going to talk to him, and I'll have a position for him now. His number was dropping um, before the Universal DH was uh, uh, talked about. Now, he is a hot commodity, but where does he land? Obviously, I think the NL is the choice 
The American League teams had their ch chance to sign him if they wanted to. Um, now that money, or that price tag is only going to go up. So I think the NL, the only ch only place to land will be the National League. He's not going to be cheap. I think that's a big reason why he hasn't been signed yet. Um, he did turn down a deal apparently last month from the Marlins. Um, he was also rumored to be very close to signing with the Giants. Those are both very interesting to me. Obviously, the Marlins, while not a very good baseball team, they're actually probably one of the worst teams. Um, doesn't really fit the plea thing. It is Miami. He would immediately be a face of the franchise and would probably just boost attendance just immediately because it is such a heavy Cuban fan base. And Yasiel Puig is pretty much the face of Cuban baseball in the major leagues right now. So that could be something. The Marlins have pretty much been chasing him all offseason. And while the price tag is probably only going to go up, they, are, they should still be considered an outsider. Um, the closer we get, um, if we're a week out from the regular season starting and Puig still isn't signed, I wouldn't be surprised to see him just settle um, on the Marlins. Also, um, as I talked about, the Giants were somebody last month that um, Puig was rumored to be signing with. Um, that obviously never happened. We know that. I, that would have been a great subplot for Yasiel Puig to join the Dodgers' bitter rival in the San Francisco Giants. That would have been really fun. 10, 12 games, although there would have been no fans to boo him. Still would have been uh, interesting the first time Puig gets hit, see what happens. That's probably not going to happen. I think what happened in that situation was Puig was ready to sign with the Giants, and then the talk of the Universal DH came out, and Puig said, hey, I'm going to have a lot more options open up here really soon, backed out of that deal. And he's looking at it saying, I'm, I'm going to get to pick pretty much where I get to go. San Francisco, probably third best team in the National League, if you're being nice. Um, Puig wants to go somewhere where he has a chance to win a World Series. Maybe he has an option there now. Um, and while most teams I talked about a little bit earlier, they're, they're secure financially. No one's going bankrupt for this. Teams aren't exactly going to be running to the bank during this pandemic um, and not going to exactly be throwing tons of money in during this kind of weird question mark of really sports history but one team will I guarantee you that so we're gonna look for a team that not only has money but a willingness to kind of take a big gamble on this because you just don't know what could happen you pay him and it's guaranteed and then something happens he could hurt himself maybe he could get corona who knows you just don't know um, and the a return to the Reds is something that I think is a positive Here's a guy that is a fighter, literally. I mean, he was traded halfway through a game, and at the end of it, when he technically wasn't even on the Reds, he pretty much tried to fight the entire Pittsburgh Pirates team. So that fire, if the Reds could bring him back, the Reds are a good baseball team. The NL Central is there for the taking. If they could add Puig, he could be that piece. I think that's something to look for. And a one-year deal possibly to the Braves, that is maybe a bit foolish on the Braves' part, but if they feel that they need one more bat, he is definitely the best option. They don't know if Austin Riley can fill or even try to fill the shoes of Josh Donaldson, so they might look at Puig as a sort of a backup plan. And a one-year deal, I think, would help, but I don't think Puig wants to take a one-year deal, which would amount to, what, 80 games? I don't think that's what Puig wants to sign up for, but... 
would probably be his best chance of winning a World Series because I don't think a return to the Dodgers is in the books. I think the overall favorite and I think the best fit would be the Philadelphia Phillies, and let me tell you why. Puig would probably have to move to left field, but you could move Andrew McCutcheon from left field to the DH spot, allow him just to be a bat, recover um, a little longer from his ACL injury. Apparently he's he's just fine. He'd be ready to roll right away. Even if when the season started, he would have been ready to go. But still, if you could put McCutcheon in the DH spot, it would kind of protect him for a couple more years, save those bullets. And the Phillies are a team that not only have deep pockets, but are ready to try and contend. And they know they need somebody to be that extra piece in a very, very tough division. It's a very tough division, the NL East. We do know one thing. Wherever Puig lands, the betting lines are going to move, and they're going to move up. I think they're going to inflate overall with the Universal DH, and uh, certain teams with really deep lineups, they're going to inflate even more. I'm, I'm looking at Atlanta, the Dodgers, and the Nationals, along with the Yankees and the Twins. Um, the, the, the lines are going to inflate even more, and while the DH will push runs up, I think the early lines are going to be inflated for two reasons. The first is the pitchers are always ahead of the hitters to start the season. We know that. And that's in April. And it's a little cooler in April. Probably have average temperatures in the 60s and 70s. We're going to be starting in July. Temperatures, average temperatures in the high 80s to high 90s, folks. Pitchers don't take that long to get warmed up in that situation. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. Pitchers will always have that advantage early on um, just because pitchers can... Um, it's easier for pitchers to go and, and throw to a catcher in that situation rather than a batter go and find a major league pitcher to pitch to them. So pitchers are going to be, have, be at a head start even with the spring training 2.0 that we expect to happen probably in the midpoint of June. Um, and the second reason why I think the the uh, excuse me the second reason why I think the lines early on are going to be inflated is Vegas is going to realize while DHs are better run producers overall they're not amazing hitters average they'll only hit about 240 especially in the National League that's not amazing so not every team's DH is going to be guaranteed a two run improvement that's just not so, that's just not uh, something that's going to happen. So that's something to think about. I think we will see two to three runs bump in pretty much every single game. Not every single DH, probably a vast majority of them is not going to be able to do that. At the very least, the only way they can do that is add protection to the lineup for their other stars, their actual position players, to see better pitches, and maybe they could have better um, seasons. That could be something to keep an eye on, but I don't think overall DHs are going to be worth two-plus runs by themselves. So, folks, that is all I have for you today. Um, it, it, it's really it's nice because we're getting closer and we're getting more concrete um, situations, and we're and we're we're kind of seeing the landscape of what we're going to see in the betting world for baseball, and that's what we're here to do to get you ready for that. We are a that a, a wealth of knowledge that that website ecosystemsbusinessconcierge.com is everything you need it's pretty much a gambling encyclopedia for us and look we're very transparent and guess what else we're transparent about every single bet that we have is documented either on twitter or our podcast and before coronavirus shut us down we were on a run in college basketball where we were looking at 40 40 and 5 something like that 
getting ready to just demolish Vegas in, uh, in March Madness. Obviously, that didn't happen, but every single one of our podcasts, you can go back, listen to. They are highly educational, um, and, and they're put together in a spot where you can just go through, get them all. We're also in the process of setting up uh, a different platform so that you can get all the baseball stuff in one area and all the motivational stuff in another. That's something that's coming just to make things a little bit easier. Um, we have so much content for you. And I haven't even gotten into the NFL stuff, which is pretty much the reason that all this got started. We also have college basketball, NBA basketball, motivational stuff. And of course, Josh has been doing such a great job pre-COVID uh, tackling the local corruption in our governments and obviously the local governments taking advantage of COVID and other situations that are happening in Southern California and beyond. So with that, folks, my name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Gambling Podcast Network. I uh, will talk to you again soon. Later this week, we have content dropping for you every single day. So keep an eye on that website. Keep an eye on our Instagrams, all of the social medias, all of our Twitters, at First Report, everything you need right there. Folks, have a wonderful day. Uh, go wash your hands, and I'll talk to you soon. You can bet on that. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. <clears throat> And they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. I'm the best there is.